Hi guys, welcome to 52 Conversations with me, Janice Howe. Each week, join me for a conversation, a chat, a space for connection, community and change, sharing stories and insights. Sign up for your free 52 Conversations planner and to be the first to experience the latest conversations, visit 52convos.com. Thanks. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Some conversations will be mind-blowing and you'll sit there and you'll have the most profound change. Okay, so we'll, we'll not use the mic today then. No, I think you should. <laughs> there you go, that's cool. How are you? I'm good, how are you doing? <sighs> I'm well. I am well, she says. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this little bit and then I'm just going to go, hey, Guava, welcome to 52 Conversations and then we'll start properly. But I just thought, okay. so I left you a voice note. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I heard it. And you gave me a few um, yeah. topics that you're going like, to talk about. It's so hot today. I know, it's ridiculous. And I'm sat here and the fan's off and I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to turn into a sweat box. But hey. So let's, let's, let's do the, hey, it's 52 Conversations. Welcome, Guava. Thanks for talking to me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> cool. So he's all, you've already got art in the background going on because I, when I spoke to you, I thought it would be super cool for people not only to hear you. Uh, maybe yes. to see. to be doing something at the same time, right? Absolutely, to see to see what you are about, so to speak. So yes. um, we were just having a little catch up there before we went live, and we were sort of saying it's been it's been a long time, right? I was trying to think when I actually last saw you. It's been a long time. I've probably seen <laughs> it's you. Been in probably, it's, it's practically been a year, I think. <laughs> I suspect it's probably been a year, and what what yeah, a year is. It's my it's March, right? And um Aiden's party was supposed to happen in last year. It was supposed to happen around what year what month? Was March? May. Or May. We should have May. We should, so yeah. yeah, it's roughly a year. <laughs> it's it's just insane. So dare dare I ask you how the year has treated you? Man, it's treating me just like I was treating everybody. <laughs> you yeah. know, uncertainty. Like um, this. Like this. Yeah. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you get hit, sometimes you, you know, you, you dodge some 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 bullets. <laughs> Absolutely. It's quite it's it's been an interesting year, and I don't know how you feel about this. Um I try not to labor it too much, but my year has been pretty intense. So I so I left Antigua March the 15th, my pops died March the 25th, and we went straight into the big UK lockdown. Yeah. So home. You know, so it was just super intense going into the start of the very first lockdown, uh, getting your head around, okay, we're going to have a funeral and there will only be 12 people. And then all these different restrictions and grief and all those kind of things. And, yeah. in, some, and in some ways, I feel like I, I maybe missed out on some of the other stuff that was going on because of COVID, if that makes sense, in a weird way because it just wasn't on my radar because we were so insular in what we were going through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, equally, you know, a year and one month on, I feel like I finally come out the other side of hmm. 12 months of obviously- Insanity. <laughs> yeah, insanity, healing, grief, craziness. And I've learned some great things about myself. So, I mean, that might that might be a place to start today. Do you feel like you've learned stuff about yourself in the last year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah def definitely. I've uh, learned a whole bunch of things whilst being in during this whole pandemic. I've learned I have more. I'm more patient than I usually than, 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 than I than, than I knew. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's a cool thing. So, obviously, I'm assuming that you've just been at home with wife and babies and going to and going to the studio as well yeah and just um back and forth back and forth um the only thing that's um been troubling for us is like uh after the schools um 
open. It was good, but then now they impose this um lack of kids uh, under a certain age. So both our kids are home now. We have to do the home the homeschooling thing with um with the school and the computers and stuff. And that is very it's a new thing. So it's it's very trying for us, you know. Try so. trying on uh, trying on different levels because of course. All, all, all yeah, because um, you know, there, I, I have things I have to do, especially here, and yeah. my wife she also helps me, so it it totally like conflicts with what we what we do, and you know, I know the, the the teachers also are feeling it because they would rather have the children in the classroom where they can um you know monitor them and help them hands on instead of being doing it remotely. Yeah. And. Yeah, it slows down my our production too because my wife she she plays a pivot uh, a very uh, important role in the business, you know, um, and yeah, it really slows down stuff. So well, I'm a bit irritated. I'm a bit irritated um, because of this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's very it's very much a partnership in the true sense of the way that you work with your wife, right? I know I know, yeah. I know that from getting to know you over the years, and you're very co-joined in all the right ways and in all the good places. So it must be must be really trying for you. Oh yeah, it yeah. is, man, it is. You know, around the world though, we've had parents having to try to juggle their, I hate the word try, but trying to juggle their personal lives, their professional lives, some mm. me time. I mean, how, how has that happened? Have you, has your mean me time turned into when you're painting and you're, you're doing your thing? That's the only time, and that and that and during that time, I still have to rush everything, and I can't get to use that me time wisely, you know, because I still have to run errands, I still have to um, make sure everything's in balance, so to speak, and that conflicts with, with my uh, my work because there's so much stuff I want to do and so many things I want to put out, and I can't do it because once I'm done from here and I get home. I have to deal with the kids because you know they want they want attention and I have to give them attention because if I don't give them attention and then they'll grow up and they'll be like, oh dad never used to play with us when he came home from work. He just went straight to bed. You know, and I and I I want to avoid those kind of um those kind of experiences. You know what I mean? I don't want those experiences at all. Because you know yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's one thing you you spoke about. So you said the word errands there, and for people that aren't in Antigua or the Caribbean, or this part of the world, then they need to understand that an errand here that could take five minutes turns into maybe, what, an hour, two hours? <laughs> two hours, three hours tops, yeah. It's ridiculous, and a country so small, you know? Absolutely. You, think, you, you would think like, you'd be in and out, you know what I mean? In and out, no. In and out. no. You go it's in, just, and you're coming out in about three hours. Just make up your mind for that. Absolutely. Yes. Yesterday, I thought, right, okay, I'm being really focused yesterday. And I had a client call, and I had errands. And then I had a client call in the middle of the day and a business call. And I was lucky enough to be able to use a friend's house in um, Crosby's because she's away. And I thought I can I can do this. I can do this. I got back home at like 630. And I was like, I just <laughs> need to go to sleep because I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. Yet, on the on the flip side of that, it, are we blessed to have been in Antigua for some of this pandemic and this COVID in terms of where we actually live geographically and what is available to us? I think so. We're blessed and we're cursed at the same time because um, I don't see the need for some of the procedures they put in place. The, some of the procedures are absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, other countries aren't following those protocols and they're doing quite fine, you know? But uh, in terms of like being blessed now, I think it's it's good that we have the weather we have, being able to go in the sunshine and going to the beach anytime, or well, the time that we're allowed to go, you know. Yeah, when we've got. I, 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 I prefer I prefer that, you know. But at the same time, there there's inconveniences where you need to get some shopping done, and you know, that's the only thing that inconveniences me and make me makes me want to think sometimes. Oh, uh, maybe um, you know we're not so blessed. <laughs> but yeah, apart yeah. from that, apart from that, weather, weather, and um, and just weather, basically. I think I, I, we'll just stick with the weather. We got we got good weather, so 
that that's the best the best like lesson we can have we can we can um, ask for right now so i mean at I the end of, at the end of the day you can step outside your front door you can look down that little hill and within a couple of minutes you can be in the beautiful ocean so yeah we, exactly we are, great, we are grateful for i that. am most grateful for that yes i can't i i i, I said every time i walk on the beach and my, my my toes hit the sand i'm like man there's nowhere else I'd rather be, or or, or, or else if I can get, a, I can live on another island that just that, that has these the, the same type of setting. Sure, Absolutely. you know. So, so I appreciate it. So going going to the sea because I know I'm used to that. That before COVID, I, I you know I would often see you guys on Turner's Beach doing your regular thing. Is that kind of a regrounding, and has that become even more important? It is, but we don't get to go as much because, um, like I said, after. I get home from work. Um, if I if if I can if I don't get home in time, we can't get to the beach in time to like go for a walk or you know just explore. But um, you know, apart from that, man, I don't know. Sometimes I I I zone out and because um, <laughs> I'm you know I'm, I'm thinking about like as I'm talking to you about what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm picturing it in my head. And I'm yeah. like, God, I really, I really need to get to the beach. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, this is my wish for you now. This is my dictation that you must go to the beach today. Like whatever it, whatever it is that you do, get to the beach. I, today. I will I, most definitely do that today for sure. I, I was, I was there at seven o'clock this morning because I thought if I don't go at seven o'clock this morning, I'm not going to get it in, and it's kind of, wow. kind of filled me that's up. That's actually, that's actually a good advice. I think I'm going to do that from now on. Like go early in the morning. And then that way, at least I got that, that I got that experience in, and then I can start my day, you know. Absolutely. So, for people that are listening that don't know anything about you because they're not local to Antigua or the US, where maybe they bought your art, give give me what I call the quick hair version of who you are and how you came to be doing what it is that you do, which is following your passion and purpose for art, I guess. Um, well, I am. Um... Ron Howell, most people know me as, and um, my art name is Guava, Guava the Art, or Guava the Artist. And how I came to be with this whole um, little art studio slash business slash movement um, is just from loving art from since I was a kid. Um, I'm a born artist, I would like to say, you know, and uh, if one were to um, throw me in the genre, I would say I'm more of a conceptual urban artist, you know. So I like to play with a lot of different concepts. You know, before, when I was younger, you know, I know like art is what I wanted to like, end up doing it as, as a career or, or means to an end. And um, being um, someone who's more interested in illustrations and, um, and cartoon characteristics um, type of art, I, it, it, it um, it got, it, it, I got, I got an affinity for it from, from uh, my TV show that I used to watch when I was a child. And, you know, it just came naturally. I could just draw, you know, and my mom was the first person I saw draw anything like live in front of me. She yeah. drew me an elephant and um, it's like from since then, you know, I've, I just had that itch and I've just been drawing since ever. And I, as I get older, I, t I taught myself different techniques. I dove more into um, character design. Um, I researched more about like um, street art and um, some of the street artists were doing it because it, you know like when you're an, when you're an illustrator slash a cartoon or a character designer type of artist you uh, you tend to gravitate to more of that type of style um, the street style and, and, and such because I like graffiti and street art it comes from character design and cartoon design you know as, be that, you know as much as people want to try and like put up a front and say oh street art came from this and da 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 and I really 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 came from cartooning, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and and cartoons and comics and stuff. That's where it really came from. So in a sense, I'm a, I'm a street artist, but people don't want to, people would never like classify me as a street artist, I guess. But um, like I said, concept, I, I consider myself a conceptual artist. And um, I'm self-taught and I'm from Antigua and Barbuda and I've been pushing my artwork around the world as, you know, as much as I can by myself. So I have no, I have no um, agency, I have no promoters, I have no managers, it's just been me pushing my art and my wife as my business partner helping out our art lifestyle brand. Yeah. Absolutely, well your, your, brand is, your brand is growing in different ways. I mean, we've had conversations before uh, when you popped in before when I had my radio show and stuff 
and I know that you had some strong ideas in school where kind of art wasn't necessarily encouraged yet it was absolutely where your passion was so kind of what's what's your views on that and and how people can still be tenacious enough to do the thing that they really want to do despite because I know it's still the same in a lot of education they're kind of trying to take us away from the creativity because they actually want us to be what I call the sausage or the cookie cup model where we all can you know we should all learn this stuff and we should all be able to do it at this stage and then they just push us out the other side and yeah that's not what you're about no um I would just say if you're passionate about what you um what you're talented at you stay at it and you keep at it and you keep trying to make yourself um as different you know in terms of your style or whatever you're doing um just try and make it as different as possible from anybody else's because um when you copy other people's style and you try to pass it off as your own you're just seen as another of this or another of that you know what i mean so just get a unique style focus on it work on it you know develop it and once it's developed you just you, you keep pushing your um, your art you know like once you, um, you're passionate about it, you're not going to stop doing it because, you, you know, that's the one thing you love to do, no matter what, you know? Absolutely. So it's the thing that fills your, fills your days. So how do you find what is your style? Because as soon as you were saying that, I was like, man, how do you find that? Is, does, it, does it come to you the more that you do as you practice different yeah. things? The more you practice, the more you will stumble upon your style in a sense. Um, you, for instance, like uh, if you're somebody who, okay, let's just, let's just talk from an illustrative standpoint or illustration standpoint, where like in 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 uh, in the kind of the, the comic book industry, you would have people who different who different different sections of work. Like you have like a person who like the rough sketches, somebody who does uh, the inking, and then you have somebody with the shading, I guess. So let's just say um, you've you've covered like two of those um, two of those disciplines. Where you're really good at rough sketching and then you're really good at um at um cleaning up, which is you're gonna ink, meaning you're gonna either put tracing paper over it or you're gonna go over it with raw ink and then use an eraser and erase all the rough the rough um, sketch that you did with pencil. You know, there's two ways of doing this. And let's say like you've already like um gotten to the second stage where you you're in the inking stage where you're tracing the line and making it all nice and clean and whatnot. And let's say that you accidentally went out of line and you made like a double line from that um, first line. And then you're like, oh, that looks kind of interesting, you know? And then you decide to experiment with that same image, you know, but doing double lines all throughout the full the full um, picture. Okay. That could be a style created right there. You know, and that's how you do stumble or you develop styles, you know? So it's almost like being super childlike and curious and just seeing- In a sense, yeah, yeah. You know- because, um, Nothing, I, I think um, things happen when you when, when you experiment. If you don't experiment on, on something, you'll never know about it or you'll never, you'll never learn about it. You'll just keep wondering what if or what is, what's inside. But Absolutely. if you look at a mango, like for instance, who's, who's the first person to ever look at a mango and, and you eat a mango, you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta think about that. Like they probably walked over to the tree, they saw these, bright red and yellow looking things but at the same time it looks kind of scary because they're falling so fast and hard because the tree's so tall so yeah. it looks dangerous so you know let's yeah. just say like somebody's you know, say hey stay away from that tree because those those colorful things those colorful rocks are falling very fast and hard and they'll hit you in the head you know and let's just say one person decides you know what i'm not gonna not go by that tree i'm gonna go by that tree and see what happens you know what i mean yeah. and let's just say one of those mangoes fell and hit him in the head at the same time, but he realizes he's not injured or he, she's not injured, but then some juice runs down on her forehead. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it touched the tongue because she thought it was blood. First she thought she was bleeding or he thought it was bleeding, but it, was, it wasn't blood. It was mango juice. He's like, holy crap. This is what this <laughs> stuff tastes like, you know? <laughs> then they'll sit down and then they'll start eating and then the people from the other side will be watching from a distance like, oh my goodness, what is he doing? And they'll come over, what are you eating? Don't you know that's dangerous? And maybe he might be a selfish person. And he may, and he'll be probably like, um, so what are you eating? And he'd be like, man, 
go. You know, and then <laughs> that's how the name Mango came. <laughs> I love it. I love that story. I love that story. And now, and now, and now I'm sat here thinking, damn, I'm going to miss Mango season because I'm leaving again soon. But hey, that's an, that's another story. It's, <laughs> it's the way that your brain works, though. And I know this from conversations we've had before. It kind of goes here, and it goes here, and it goes here, yeah. and then it just leads to this great expanse of of learning and opening, you know, different doors to see what's behind the doors. Really, I guess, isn't it? So if you get commissioned to do specific pieces, how does that work? You know, do people actually say, this is, this is what I think I want, and then you interpret that? Or how, do, how does that co-collaboration it works, work? It works, it works um, I would say, two, two major ways. Um, one way is, uh, is if they, that person is just like a real big fan of my art, and they'll just tell me, I don't even care what you paint, just paint whatever, make it this size. <laughs> and I, I and I'll be I love it, you know. Yeah. It's one way, and those that's the the way I, I would always prefer because I get to express what I want. Yeah. And then the other way is if someone has an idea and they will um just give me the ideas in words, and then I will try to make a picture or create a picture based on their narration, in a sense. Cool. So. For people again that don't know you, I mean, I watch, I watch your page and you're doing t-shirts, you're doing designs on trainers, you're doing all sorts of things. So where, yeah. where does that come? Is that literally just like, oh man, I, I just I just want to get hold of a trainer and pimp it up somehow. Where did, where did that come from? Was it literally just like, oh, let's do something or was it a purposeful sort of thought pattern? Well, it happened because, um... My, okay, the, the my art, my art brand, I consider it a lifestyle brand, right? I never wanted to um to box myself in to just be like an art brand, and you know you you you'll do like a a few t-shirts here and there, but then you're you're strictly gonna just paint and do t-shirts every now and then and just let that be. Nah, I I wanted to incorporate everything, like from clothes to shoes to anything, furniture. And these are all the things I'm working on currently behind, like, that, that's not, like, I, I don't post all the stuff I work on. I post yeah. some of the stuff, but all the stuff. So I'm, I have furniture designs. I got designs for toys. You know, I've already, like, made some 3D, some 3D samples where I, I printed some prototypes, you know? Wow. Um, like, anything you think about it. If somebody has a car and they want their car to be, like, covered in some crazy artwork, I will do it. You know what I mean? Like, I want for it to be a lifestyle brand. I want for you to, to be able to, like, Go into your house and you can open it and you can you can pimp out your whole house with just guava gear from the mats Sounds to the cool, toys. You know what I mean? Yeah, posters, pictures, paintings, bed sheets. This is what I eventually want to become. You know, I want my brand to be. I want it to be a, a lifestyle household brand. For now, it's um, it's more on a, of a, a high end. I won't say high end. It's more it's more of a is art based brand. So you know the prices. When you you know you 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 get what you pay for you know you come for this it's gonna cost this and then I'm gonna give you my time this was gonna cost you know but I eventually would love for my brand to become like um solidified you know what I mean uh and a household brand like you know you go into a store you see like wow the t-shirts you know what I mean and people are distributing them you know what I mean you go to another place and there's like companies who want to buy a license for my characters and stuff and using my, you know, this is what I'm talking about. And it has my, my little signature on it with my characters, you know, and then I get some royalties from it, you know, because this is um, the way brands grow and, and they stay, they, they stay with, it, with, with us for, for generations, you know, I mean, look at the Sanrio company, mm -hmm. you know, like I watch um, a short documentary on that guy on uh, Netflix, you know, if you watch this uh, documentary called "The Toys That Made Us," yeah, and if you if you give it a chance, check that out. Um, they talk about these uh, all the, the iconic toys throughout the 80s and 90s that you know that's been a staple in our life. And San the San Real Company is one that I took very high interest in because you know they they made sure that they did a partnership with every almost every known company you know what i mean in the world like hello kitty has partnership had part has partnered with almost every single brand you can think about 
everything. Like it's crazy. You know what I mean? And this man is still alive today. You know, so I want to be that guy. You know what I mean? I want to be able to <laughs> see my, uh, my, my my little teeth character on an Adidas T-shirt. You know, and it says Adidas X. You know, guava. You know what I mean? Like. I think I got the goods. Absolutely. And it's about being passion, passionate about your vision and, and yeah. going going all in as well and not being what I'm going to call half-assed. Because no. I guess there's a lot of people are half-assed, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, right, you know why people are half-assed or half-assed, as you say, in your nice British accent? <laughs> it's because <laughs> nobody wants to take a gamble on themselves. You understand? And that's something I learned in life um, growing up. Um, I learned that you're going to have to take a gamble on yourself. Like, I'm not saying you should go there and go to casinos and go gamble. I think you're gambling on yourself by trying to win, like, the jackpot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? yeah. that, that, that's like a, that's, that, that could happen, but that's a one in, a, one in, a, one in a million, point million, million, something, something crazy number, you know? But I'm just saying um, yourself, if you think you have the goods to go there and create something that you can be happy with doing for the rest of your life and also leaving um leaving a, a mark on the world a positive mark especially then you should gamble on yourself and go full hundred and if you fail you fail and if you win you win but you'll never know if you'll fail or you'll win if you if you don't try so this is me i said to myself i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for 100 i'm gonna i'm gonna be an artist i'm gonna make money from my art i'll suffer sometimes i know and i'll profit sometimes i know but this is what i'm gonna do you know, and at least I can get up and be happy and be satisfied with myself every day. Even if I'm not satisfied with myself, I only have one person to blame, and that's me. I'm not gonna blame no boss, I'm not gonna blame no employee, I'm gonna blame me if things doesn't get done. You understand? So that's, that's, that's why I can tell people. That's such a great mindset for people that are listening. It's about literally having the trust to believe in yourself and also to a degree being vulnerable enough to say, okay, well, I'm going to go for this. And, you know, like you say, I guess I'd say probably there isn't ever a fail. There's just a, okay, so it didn't, quite yeah, it didn't quite work out the way that I wanted to. What exactly. experience has it given me? What have I learned from that? Because I'm sure there's been times that you've done things that you thought, oh, well, that didn't go the way I planned. However, what can I turn that into next? Okay. Many times. And like I said, um, Every experience is a, is a life lesson or a learning, a learning experience. And you, you just learn from it. And you just try not to do it again, you know? And if you do it again, try to at least do it better, you know? So. Yeah. So it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of the te teaching, experiential learning for your, own lifestyle, for your own lifestyle. So when you are at home with the kids, I see the kids now, they're getting involved in art already, right? Oh, yeah. Is that is that literally from when they popped out? Because between basically, yeah, I think I think I think so. Partially, um, it's it's just from from birth, and I think the other part is like they see their father and their mother like doing um fun stuff. What they what they appear to be what appears to be fun, you know, like my wife would she'd be at home sometimes and she'd be working on like um. Her, 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 her stitch work and you know my daughter would always want to like do stuff because she see her doing she said dad say mom i want to want to do something i want to do some, um, some 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 stitching now like, please please you know and she'll like give, give her a little, uh, embroidery um, brace and she'll get the stitching and she's pretty she's pretty decent you know so it's good that she's like learning this from a young age and then the drawing part two and the sketching part two like she just she took a duck she she she, she like a duck that took the water like i'm not even joking like I just, I think she's better, she, she's better than me at the age she is than when I was at age at, at that age. Like I'm not even joking. Um, she started drawing um around like two years old, and she would and she would just draw amazing little characters. And as she got older, she just got better. Like, and I'm not talking about like a year. I'm talking about like within like months, she'll just get better. You know, <laughs> I know she's no she's. Do at that age, right? They express through things if they yeah. love them. Their brain and their bodies are going right. Okay, I'm writing all of this neural pathway. Yeah, and it's it's incredible because, especially my son, right? Like he he can draw too, but I think his style is more of an abstract style. Like he draws things very fast. He just doesn't have any patience. He can't wait for anybody. You know, he's a very impatient child. 
<laughs> so he drives very, very fast and very wild. And I kind of like it because he has very great um, color, color selection. Like Addis, she's better at illustration and creating stories and stuff. Like if you see the Mona stuff that we kept from the time she's been two years old, drawing from then to now she's seven. We have so much like stacked upon stack and we have like stacked into one big box from when she started from that age. And it's just so crazy to see her evolve, you know? She's doing sculptures yeah. too, yeah. She does little sculptures and she did these little like sculptures that look like Sanrio characters. And it was really amazing. I'm like, wow, it's seven years old. And doing these sculptures on the clay. Insane. I was just about to say, so she's got clay for that that you bought her, or um, no, the school that the school that we sent them to, the school provides um the clay because the school has an art program, which is why which is why we sent them there. I really okay. like that that the fact that they make them get into it, you know. So they're they're learning how to do sculptures at a young age. They're learning like shading and color matching and stuff, and you know, it's really it's really good for her to help to help develop her style because. If it's one thing, like she really doesn't like take um too much um from other from other uh, other like um teachings with art, she'll take a little bit because she wants to do it her way. So in a sense, she's kind of like me, which I which was uh, what I like. So I try not to break that will from her. If she's doing something and she does the totally opposite from what I'm showing, because sometimes I show her things and she does the totally opposite, I just say, okay, fine, that's it's your way, you know. I love I love that. I was just about to say that to you. So basically, they get they're getting the nurturing from the school teaching side of things and what they think they should be teaching in art. Then they've got you and you and mum at home with your ideas. Yet she's yeah. she's still going to listen and absorb, and she's still going to do it her way. So she's definitely your daughter, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love that. So. One of, one of the things that I kind of want to touch on as well, if it's all right, is this mixing of cultures, because obviously your wife is Japanese. Yeah. And you are Antiguan. So yeah. what, is, what is the culture mi mix there and how does that create something different, do you think? Um, well, as you know, like you said, she's from Japan, I'm from Antigua, and um, the culture mixing is good because the kids, um, they learn their Japanese culture because they're born in Japan, both mm -hmm. of them. And um, they, they're growing up here. So they grew up learning like, um, you know, island life and, um, and experiences on the Western side of the world. And then when they go to Japan, they do all the traditional Japanese things that they usually do. Like, you know, go to temple and stuff during New Year's and during the spring and they, um, you know, do like traditional Japanese like dinners and stuff because in Japan, they you know, my in-laws, they have a traditional Japanese home with like a Japanese like um, room where they have ceremonies and stuff for Shinto and special occasions, etc. So they learn all these things when they go back to Japan, you know. So they get a, they get a mixture of both worlds, you know, and with that, they can then like create whatever world they want to create when they get older because you know, since we're on this side of the world, they tend to absorb a lot of um, Americana. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. like, my son, for instance, he had to renew his passport. So, instead of, like, going on the train, after the train, I was locked down. She had to go to Miami because there was a Japanese concert in Miami, you know? And he just, when he went there at that age, because he'd been before, but not that he, he can remember. So, now he's, like, he's, like, four, four or five years old. He's running around uh, in all these department stores and going crazy, when he, especially when he goes to the toy section. Because yeah. we haven't really got that here, have we? No. <laughs> but what I mean, he sees this stuff when he goes to Japan, so I understand why, what, what's the big deal, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if not more. So, I don't know, I guess because America is, America, America is in your face, so the, 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 um, oh, get the, away from it. the marketing and stuff is just in your face, so that probably like had a, a, a deeper impression on him. So, you know, when he got back to Antigua, you know, he just kept on saying, so that is, so when we're going back to Miami, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to Miami. I want to go to Target. Chill with that, man. <laughs> and you're like, no, you need to go to Japan. You need some culture. I know, like, dude, like, America's good. But, you know, Japan got just as much cool stuff, if not more, dude. So, you know, he's like, I know, but, and yeah, because he, he, he's not like they're not like normal kids. They're like we don't. I, I don't know. If, maybe it's not. It's not just my kids either. 
maybe it's just the, the generations, you know, this generation of children, they're different. You know, like, um, you you can talk to them like, like, you know, like you would, you would talking, you would be talking to like a, a person, a friend of yours, you know, you can talk to them and have ca casual, meaningful conversations, okay, you know, because I do that with my children, you know, especially my son, like he would like, if I'm outside and, um, I, you know, I'm just done, you know, hitting the spliff or whatever, and, I, and, I, and he comes out after, and I'm there, he'll come out and he'll sit right next to me, and we'll just engage in conversation, you know, and then he was like talking to me about companies and stuff, and he's saying which, which car companies he likes, and stuff, and he's saying, um, oh, I like, um, he, he really likes Tesla, and I said, why, why do you like Tesla, because Tesla is electric, and you don't have to buy gas, and, you know, gas is bad for the environment, and he's saying, I'm like, what the hell, and then he started, he started going into like, uh, but I like Honda too because you know, all the car that we drive is a Honda, but too bad it's gas. And you know, I wish we had a Tesla. <laughs> so then he go, and then he goes on to like asking me about stuff. And I said, Well, you know, how these companies are started and stuff, and, and, and how they maintain. I said, Well, you know, these companies maintain because they have investors and such. You know, and the investors are, yeah, that's when you, you go into the stock market. And in the stock market, so I started to explain a little bit about it, about it to him because I figured, you know what? Let me just talk to him like this. Because instead of like telling him, uh, that's something you don't understand. Just wait to get older to, to learn about it. No, I'm making I'm, I'm making my kid ignorant if I if I do, if I do that. So I just go I, I engage in these conversations. It may seem weird to some other adults because they're like, oh, the kid won't understand what they're talking about. But to me, I think they do, and it, it's stored in their subconscious. You know what I mean? Everything, no matter how much people may think, yeah. people don't get this or people don't get that. Once you hear something or see something once, it's locked in your brain forever. You know I mean, and it's stored, yeah. and you know you you may not be able to pull up because you don't have the um, the, I guess the 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 um, what's my God, discipline to do so, but sometimes it comes back randomly, you know, because our brain, as you know, and you know, and others that know, they're supercomputers. They're just organic supercomputers. That's what they are. You know, they have electronic. They have, they have electro, ele ele electricity running through your brain and your body and stuff. So. You know for a fact this this thing is a is a thinking is a thinking organic machine you know and that's why you're supposed to like not drink so much alcohol and stuff because you drink too much alcohol you, you lose brain cells <laughs> and then the computer like get viruses and stuff. Yeah, but you know. Absolutely. Well, look, here's here's the thing. We know that as as children, they're like their their computer. If you want to refer to it as their computer, is a super sponge. So it's taking in all of these experiences, all the learnings, and all the journeying. And the best way for us to learn is to take in some information and then put it back out because that's really yeah. how we learn. Otherwise, exactly as you say, the information goes in and it gets locked in there somewhere, and it may or may yes. never be used again. And what all you're doing is, is if your if your son opens the conversation, you're not looking at him and limiting him by his age. You're no. opening him up to a conversation because he's willing to have it, which is a fantastic way to be. Yeah. Um, you know, m not like a lot of the education systems where it's kind of like, oh, you're five to six, you should be learning this now, and you're six to seven, you should. I know, be right? They dictate to you what you should learn or what you should do. You know, and it just sucks that. You know, I'm gonna say this. You know, a lot of people there listening might get a, might, might get a little bit uh, upset, but you know, if we lived in a world where we had um, a some kind of system that uh, that benefits everybody, you know, where you get food no matter what, you know what I mean, and the food you get, of course. It's gotta be plant-based. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if it if it has to be, if it has to be anything about plant-based, you know what I mean, then let it be the people who create in a laboratory from from science, I guess, if you want to put it that way. If you want to eat, if you want to eat that, and you think that's nutritious to you, and you can, you can have the, the things you are accustomed to eating, then fine, right? But I don't think any um animals should go through no kind of separation and stuff, right? Because the animals of the earth are needed for the, the earth cycle. And a lot of us don't seem to understand that. You know what I mean? Um, I watched Sea Spirits the other day and yeah. man, man, it's so man, hard. man. It's so hard to watch, isn't it? 
I was, I was like a child reminding myself at times I'm going like this and I'm pressing stop because I'm just yeah. like at their quiet. This is what's going on, man. You know, they have the, the fact, you know, thing about that, that, that struck me, like really, that, that, that stuck with me up to now. The fact they got millions of industrial sized fishing boats just constantly drag this, 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 this fishing the sea by, by way of dragging, by net dragging. Literally, right? those nets that it does this guy because when they don't use it, they just cut them and they just float. Oh man. It's it's disgusting, isn't it? It's really disgusting. I mean, and I and I figured we would get onto this conversation about food and vegans, yeah. vegetarianism, plant-based, whatever it is. And I think one of the things that has come out of COVID as well is a whole bunch of people have paid much more attention to what they're putting into their body. I've I've noticed that. I yeah. noticed that a good amount of people are trying to either go more plant-based or they're um, trying to like be more, um, you know, up on their immunizations in terms of like what they intake, you know? Yeah. And that's good, you know? Um, but let me go back, let me backtrack a bit to um, what I was going to say in, in, in this um, world, I was, I was going to say. If this world had a system where we're going to benefit from, our, like I said, like you get food on demand in terms of like us putting in the infrastructure for, for, for said situations, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll have food processing um, containers, if you may, where just people in there monitoring them. And this could provide a lot of jobs too for people. And it's not, it's not, it won't be a labor field job because we live in a world now where we already have a lot of robots doing a lot of industrial and heavy uh, labor work, right? And then you got the AI systems that run those machines, you know? So that, that that's assistance, you know? The need for money can be eradicated, you know what I mean? And People can, be, can, can learn what they want to learn and do what they want to do. And we can live in a world where everybody has like the luxuries of life. We can still have a nice, cool, modern house. We can have a, a really cool electric car, whatever you want, you know what I mean? And we can have really cool, fancy roads and stuff. But we don't have that system in place. We had you know, the guy, um, Jacques Fresco, I think his name. He, um, he has the idea for something like this called the Venus Project. Mm -hmm. And he he started he started a small uh, fraction of it in um, Florida. I think it's called Venus, Florida, something like that. On Neptune, Florida, some some part of Florida, I know. But it is the, the the area is named after one of the planets, and he sees like human beings living side by side in a world with animals. You know what I mean? Like because we need animals for the world. Animals they 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 they, they spread seeds and pollen and. And they, they provide um, natural fertilizers for the, for the earth. You know, the predators will eat off the herbivores. The herbivores will continue to replenish what they need to replenish on the earth in terms of like their, their, their manure. And that's what it is, you know. The predators will put on this plant to control the, 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 the herbivores. You know what I mean? The, the wider animal population. Yeah. But in us human beings, we totally came, well, I don't know what the hell, what we, well, how we how we got to where we are right now, but we we basically use slavery and enslave all animals and um and have them and exploit them for for, for, for for everything, you know what I mean? From right down to their skin to their meat to just everything, you know what I mean? Which is crazy. Yeah. We shouldn't be doing that. We're we're really messing with nature when we do this, you know? Like anyway. Nature I, I can go on for this very well. Well, no, the thing, thing is, nature keeps on showing us that we're fucking up, right? Oh, yeah. And, the, and the, prob the problem is, is the people in charge, whoever those people are, it's all about money and it's all about profit and it's all about globalization. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this the other day and I said, I, I think it was about Apple. So oh, that's right. Last year in the lockdown, Hereford, where I'm from, we're big in apples, Bournemouth cider. So there's just apple orchards everywhere. And yeah. literally a mile from my mum's house, I'm walking all the time. And I'm like, why are they just digging up endless orchard after orchard? They were literally, they had a digger in there. They're just digging up the trees. And I'm like, why? 
well, this is it. So my brain is going, is there something wrong with the trees? Are they diseased or something? And then as it turned out was it's because there is a massive um, stockpile of um, concentrated apple juice in Europe. And therefore there is no market for these apples. So, rather so does this destroy the trees? Absolutely. And, and I, my brain was just sort of screaming what the hell is going wrong? Because we could still keep those trees, we could pick those apples, we could put them out free for the local community, wherever, come and get your apples, make fresh apple juice, make apple sauce, make apple pies. Why just pull the trees up? It makes no sense, right? Makes no wow. sense whatsoever. And it's because there's this mass stockpile and then my brain starts thinking, well, we already know there is more than enough food in the world to feed everybody. Yeah, yet, because we have these stockpiles everywhere, yet we still have millions of people going hungry. Darby. It's insane, man. It's, it's like I said, like, because, because of money and profit and control, it's the reason why um, we, we're in the situation we are. Like, you know how much supermarkets throw away food every day. They throw away, oh my God, mountains of food every day. That's insane. Oh, how, how, how that is. It's appalling, isn't it? I mean, I've been saying, I mean, one of the reasons that I ended up, so I wasn't eating very much meat anyway, and um, pretty much yeah. for the last three, four years, that's all gone out the window, fish. And then I went totally vegan. I followed your advice and I thought, right, I'll take everything out. I had a bit of a blip over Christmas, actually, and I put some fish back in. <laughs> okay. And then having seen, and that was my daughter, and that was because I bought something here, and she yeah. was like, so you bought something that is fake fish, mum, and you could have just gone down to the fishery and bought some real fish? <laughs> and actually, you're making it worse for the environment because you bought this fake fish that is, like, processed and packaged, and I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> kind of got a point and it was just something that was going on at the time uh -huh. yeah. you know the more that I think about what we're doing now and the way that we're just abusing our bodies we're abusing animals we're abusing the land mother earth on a continual right. basis and all she's doing is saying you can't keep doing this to me so we have yeah. to literally wake up yeah it's that problem that we've said the people that are in control it's all about monetizing <laughs> you've got someone interrupting you it's all about yeah, it's, no problem, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all about profit it's about monetizing it's about control um mm -hmm. you know some of this covid stuff as far as i'm concerned yeah there's a covid thing going on there's a whole bunch of control in there as well and how oh, yeah. they can you know, literally Definitely. herding us, you know, forget forget herd immunity. It's more about herd stupidity where they're just taking us where they want us to be, right? Oh, yeah. um, and it's kind of what can we what can we do to change some of those things? <laughs> Have you got a customer? Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Tell them they're on a they're gonna be on a podcast. They're gonna be it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not in the shot, you know. But that part. But um I agree with what you say, you know. And each each of us, I think, has our own moral dilemma where we have to work out what's right for us. And I think, you yeah. know, going back to the COVID thing a lot of the thing that came about where people actually started to look after themselves better, definitely yeah. in the UK, was because they couldn't get to the supermarkets, they couldn't buy all their processed junk foods, so they yeah. actually went back to looking at what food can I make for myself, and actually realising that they can make tastier food, healthier food, exactly. and maybe not all vegans start with or even vegetarian yet actually getting people back to the basics of learning to cook how to nurture themselves and their families do you need to speak to that person you can speak to them it would be kind um, of hey, yeah. i'm good i'm good i'm good but um yeah keep going i'm listening so, so basically it's kind of you know again the whole covid situation we've had yeah. an opportunity to learn stuff about ourselves and it's what we then put into the future to make life good yeah. and to make yeah, yeah. yeah. you make it with um in about um an hour 
okay, okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. This this is living your passion and purpose, right? It means yeah. <laughs> somebody's come in. So yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things there. I remember having a conversation with you a long time ago where when you decided you were going to be plant-based. So you didn't do it all at once, did you? You kind of worked your way through it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good way for lots of people to start because I think- Oh yeah, definitely. It's too much, right? Like, um, I, I would say like, um, not, not to go cold, cold turkey because if you try to go cold turkey based off your passion, you're gonna go right back into, you know, consuming. Because um, I've had friends who've done it through passion because they saw like a documentary and you know, they're, they're really like dramatic person and they started doing it. And oh yeah, boy, I feel so good, blah, blah, blah. And then they were just tempted by some something. And then I see them, I see them maybe like months after, like, hey, what's up? How's, how's it going? Like, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't do that no more, you know? Yeah. So like I said, I think the best way to do it is do it in stages, you know? You get rid of the, heavy, the heavier meats first, you know, and just like break it down to birds and fish. And then from um, birds and fish, you, um, you take out the birds and then after you take out the birds, you take out the fish and then after you take out the fish, um, it's just up to, you know, to get rid of the dairy, which is like the eggs and the milk and whatever products made from cows. And you should be good after that, you know, because once your body like takes away these um, types of um, food that you used to consume that, that, that are animal-based, they carry certain nutrients, but they don't give you as much nutrients that you get from plants, you know, in my opinion, or if it ain't smart vegan opinion. Yeah. That, so your body now, right? When when you once you take these things out your body, you're gonna find you lose you 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 lose a lot a lot of weight the, in the first few stages, or that's the first year of you like weaning yourself out of the different meats and such, and you might get a little scared, you get like, oh my god, I'm losing muscle mass and I'm, I'm looking skinnier than usual, blah, blah blah. But that's expected. Once you like all the meat and stuff has gone from your body, like the flesh and everything, your body's gonna start to like build up its own um, weight now and muscles are going to start to grow, you know, because, you know, you're, you're, you're building muscle based off of plants, you know, which I think is the best way to get muscles. Okay. And then, There's plenty of research out there now to say that actually, oh yeah. you know, that, that, that's any stories that says that you need to be eating dead cow is, is nonsense. It's nonsense. I had a conversation with, uh, with a friend of mine the other day, right? And he was like saying, uh, bring up the same argument, saying uh, the reason, because uh, we are we are talking about something totally different. But then um, he brought up the argument uh, or, 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 or an example with vegan versus meat eaters to, to try and prove a point. And he was saying, and, and he said to me, he's like, um, um, well, if it's my decision, if I choose to believe in this, uh, it's my decision, blah, blah, blah. And if I, if I choose to, to eat meat because based on facts that, you know, you get more protein from meat than you get from plants, then that's just my, my my decision. So I'm like, fine. Okay. I just leave it left there. That when you said that, I'm like, you can get more protein from meat than you can get from plant. I'm like, wow. So these motherfuckers never seen a goddamn like, well, a fully grown bull. That's um, that's just just that's just graze on grass. Never seen a, they never seen a gorilla. They never seen a rhinoceros. They never they never, they never seen a, a bloody elephant. They never seen that guy from um where are we what, what country is he from? Is he's from Ireland? Everybody that that yeah, yeah. that it's from Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, that guy Absolutely <laughs> that guy looks like he can run through a wall and he's all muscle, all plant-based. So you know, when 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 people talk to me and they, they base everything on their, their quote unquote um commercial facts, you know, I mean they they got or they get from you know the um, the communities are the the um, the um, which one I want to say. Um, oh gosh, I'm struggling right now. But um, <laughs> you know, well, just, yeah. well, just, from the main, that's okay. I'll leave that mainstream. From the mainstream, from the mainstream um, fact bank or whatever you want to call it. You know, what I mean, where people get the information from. You know, based on the um. The people who get um, scholarships and, and and their doctorates and stuff, and then because of that, they're able to like say, "This is my research. I'm putting it in a in a dictionary or whatever, and my name is on it, 
and that's the facts. That's, that's stupid because things change. Things change, especially like, especially with, with, with science, where you discover new breakthroughs every single day. So people can't leave that as solid facts. That same fact can be broken, broken down and been proven to be negative for your for, for your um, consumption or whatever, you know? I mean, it's, it's a lot to do with, you know, a lot of the health authorities and the people that are in charge of sharing the community. There you go. Because if you go- Exactly. Yeah. If you go to the US, then half of the senators and people are taking money off different people to for their parties to say, oh yeah, you should eat this because it's really good for you. You should eat this. And they actually know it's really bad for them. And yeah. they still consume it. Yeah, and you, have a mass, and you have a mass population who not necessarily are ignorant, yet not necessarily smart enough to do their own research across a different bunch of media. Lazy is the word I, I, I would like to use. Yeah, it's laziness. It's, it's laziness. Like, for instance, um, my, I'll use my mom as an example, right? I try to persuade my mom to eat more healthy, especially the age she is right now. And I tell her, like, you know, you're probably having all these problems because you, if you put yourself on a plant-based diet, you will be better off, right? And she say, oh, oh, what am I supposed to eat? You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. And she's going to all oh, this, like, excuses. I'm like, and then when she buys the things, I'll go into the cupboard sometimes and I read the labels of these things and this, the, the, the ingredients that are in them. And I'm like, it has this, this, and this. I'm reading a love for her here, right? And she's oh, yeah, that in it. Well, I mean, no, no, you know, I'm telling you something. You know? and the fact that they don't want to take up the thing and read it and go, okay, this is in it. Okay, I'm not eating it. You know I mean, like, for instance, I, I'm, I'm a vegan, right? So if, for instance, I, um, I see something that, that's a, a fruit paste or something and has some red color in it. Right, okay, it's red. I'm gonna read it. So I read the back of it, right? And it's yet, yet still, it, it, even though it doesn't have any animal products in it, right? It has red number 40. Red number 40, uh, when, I, when I research it, that stuff is made from bugs. You know what I mean? Some kind of like um, bug, they get the redness from when they, they crush the bugs and they add that as a yeah. dye. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I can't I eat that stuff. That. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, it, it is bizarre how limited we can, be, we can become. I grabbed this, have you read this book? No, no, it looks interesting. Okay, Hang Not to Die. So Michael Greger has this amazing free website that's all about nutrition. And basically, yeah. this he did, in this book, he doesn't tell you to be vegan, yet everything tells you to be vegan, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because <laughs> he goes through all I've got it as a PDF, I'll send it to you. And it's, right. a really, it's a really weighty book. And I thought, you know what? I really need to get it because I just need to remind myself, why am I doing this? And then most importantly, the thing that we haven't touched on is how much better your body just feels when you're not putting all this other stuff in. Exactly. And then the good, exactly. And then the other thing to, to add to it is exercise. You know, you have to exercise. Because um, what we as adults forget as we get older is that we forget to exercise. You know, um, when you're when you're when you're a kid, all you do is run around and jump and do all sorts of madness, right? When you're uh, in elementary school, the same thing. When you're in high school, you do a lot of it, but some of it, uh, you know, you don't do because you, you think you're too cool for it. And as you get into your twenties, you know, you don't want to like except you don't want to sweat, you know. And you, you tend to realize like all that is slowing down your body and and setting it up for early destruction, you know. So. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to go to the gym and go pump iron hard, but just try and do something physical every day. Make sure all the joints in your body is moving. You know what I mean? Make sure you, you, you do a little squat, a little sit up. Just make sure all that stuff is moving and you know, try and decompress your spine. And if you do this, blood will flow properly, nutrients will flow properly. You know, you won't find yourself in such a painstaking, um, aching way. And especially if you're, you're, doing, you're being a vegan and you know, you're losing, you're losing um, weight faster than you should exercise and we build up those muscles and then, and then it's a win-win for you because all that fat burns off and then our muscle builds up is a plus so exercise is very very key you know sure. i sometimes i forget that and i you know I, like um i was exercising for let's say a good like few months properly and i started to like, get a lot of pain in my shoulders you know so i'm like why am i having so much shoulder pain i'm not i'm not heavy and blah 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 you know i'm trying to figure it out and i realized I don't really use my shoulders as much the way I used to. Not I don't do any of this stuff. Yeah. That's right. 
That's right. So, and I, th I think it, I think it's a really key thing. I mean, I'm 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 older than you. I'm I'm 54, so I mix. I do yeah. my yoga. I walk. I hike. Yes. I swim. I cycle. I get on my little trampoline here when I don't want to go exactly. out. And all I keep doing is moving, moving, moving. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I walked up. I walked up Boggy Peak last week. The roadway. Yes. The roadway. The roadway's a killer, right? And some of those hills that are like that, I'm like, why am I doing this? And then, and then, like five minutes later, I'm like, because it feels really good. And actually, when I get to the top, it feels amazing. Yes. And it's, just, it's just reminding ourselves to move, isn't it? So it is. You have to keep moving. Our bodies are designed to keep moving. You know. So laziness in terms of like um, non-physicality with your body is detrimental to your life, in my opinion. You know, moving our minds and our bodies physically, mentally, emotionally is exactly, exactly what we need to do so we don't stagnate. Yes. Yeah, so. a lot of people should read, read more too. You know, a lot of people don't read so much. Um, we just watch, 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 watch. We don't even read so much. I, I, I just have some for people who don't like to read. Um, what they should do is they set the TV for captions so that they can read the captions that way it will help them to read you know without them even knowing they're reading oh my daughter my daughter's gonna love you just said that because she has this obsession about putting the captions on for things ah. like, why does she do that maybe maybe that's her way of reading who knows as well Adding it, it probably is because you know it is man millennials are the generation the new generation is coming forth they don't they're they're way more impatient than us you know way yeah. more like thing has to happen it's now they're watching something the extension span has to catch them between like one and one one of us one second of a sorry one one eighth of a second if you want to say that you know what i mean like it has to like catch it and, and then they'll be hooked and they'll stay in to watch it but if that one second or one or one fourth of a second one eighth of a second doesn't doesn't get hit it just slips, it just passes by them you know yeah it, it disappears it disappears yeah so we've had an amazing conversation and I know that we've been going for over an hour, which yeah. is awesome. We've covered all sorts of things. Tell me a little bit about the art that's behind you. Oh, um, this one I'm working on um, is a part of a series um, called The New Human. Um, what I'm, uh, I plan to do with this, um, well, I mean, I'm turning the camera around that way um, you can see that's it better. Okay. Yeah. So um, this piece is called, it's part, it's part of uh, this, this series called The New Human that I'm working on, where, you know, uh, human beings are going to the, to the point where it's becoming uh, more AI and more, we're becoming more dis, distance from, um, from reality. Yeah. So because of that, I, I decided to like um, start, do these, um, this series with these human beings, with, um, with these, I would like to say, um, cyborg type of bodies but but instead of like um being heavily mechanical they're more electronic and or an or and but a bit of um or, or organism base so I, I want to say that it's a she and i'm not sure yeah, that's, that's yeah that, that one's a she um, yeah um the next one i'm gonna i'm gonna like give people a sneak peek later on my instagram uh is this bunch is a bunch of them like but they're they're men this time this one's a female but the one i'm i'm gonna upload with the digital because I'll explain to you what, what was going on here. So um, this head area, which I'm going to add more colors and more um, detail to, I'm going to put a brain in here so you can see transparent. But then this right here is going to be like glass. Even though it has a shape of a human's face, it's going to be glass. Okay. So it represents like the shape of a human face, but at the same time, it's a artificial body. And then inside we'll have the floating brain and then the liquid is going to be inside. And I'm going to have some like red and green um, tubes running down from the brain through the body where it's going to represent like veins and blood arteries, sorry, blood, blood arteries, sorry, veins and uh, arteries. So, yeah. um, yeah, because I, yeah, I want to like, um, get people to understand, like, you know, we really are, are getting like distance from, um, from being natural and anything natural or, orga or, or organic based, you know, everything's just becoming artificial and AI and, you know, yeah. remote. Like right now with this whole lockdown, for instance, with um us being locked down and becoming more remote, you know. The way the way that we're living, I guess. Yeah, it's um <laughs> it's all part of the, it's all part of the new the new world, I guess. 
what they what the uh, the powers that be want for us, you know, they want for us to just be in our homes and you have sorry, go ahead. As we step bravely into this new world, right? <laughs> or maybe Man. we can run into it with our arms open and saying, Do you know what? I'm gonna kick the doors down no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Because we have but, to just embrace our life and do the best that we can in the best ways possible. That's that's what it is. Regardless. It's been fantastic catching up with you. Likewise. Maybe, maybe I'm actually leaving on, I don't know when this is going to go out yet, but I'm leaving on the 22nd of April. So this will go out after that for sure. Okay. Maybe, I'll try and catch you, maybe I'll try and catch you in person before I leave the island. I will, make, nice. I will make sure that all your links are here with the podcast after. So people yes. can check out all your art. Yeah, and my web my website too. And if um if if I ever um gave you the the, the website address, but um you can add that as well too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put it all on there. Thank you so much for spending some no worries, time. Janice. Thank you also for having me. Okay, it's been awesome. Have a great rest right. of the day. You too. Okay, take care. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's conversation. What did you get from it? Did you get any light bulb moments? Any aha? Remember to sign up for your free 52 Conversations Planner and to be the first to experience the latest conversation, visit 52convos.com. Thanks, and I look forward to connecting with you next time.